they're a common refrain. Public education in America is broken. Our kids aren't learning. We spend tons of money on failing schools that continue to fail. We say these words, or words like them, so often that we believe them, not because they are true, but because they're repeated. I, for one, don't believe it. What do I believe? I'm glad you asked. The United States has roughly 333 million people in it. About 56.6 million of those are enrolled in kindergarten through high school, and the ratio of public to private school is a little under 9 to 1. That puts the number of kids in public school a shade higher than 50 million. So, let's be sure what we've undertaken to do. Because we made public school, or its equivalent, compulsory for all U.S. children about 100 years ago, the task before us now can be stated thus. We will educate 50 million children each year and make sure they are all highly literate, can calculate, understand the history of the world as well as their nation and state, understand and be able to practice the fundamentals of scientific inquiry, engage in some form of artistic expression, begin the process of learning a trade, have instilled positive work habits and moral character all in a safe, nurturing environment that tends to all their needs, physical, emotional, and material. Oh, and we'll have dances, a band, a basketball team, a student government, cheerleaders, and a mascot. Oh, and we'll tackle drug and alcohol abuse in teens and preteens as well. Oh, and provide education on sex that parents either can't or won't do. And we'll make sure they don't bully each other or drive each other to suicide or other kinds of self-harm. And we'll make sure they respect one another's ethnicities, religions, genders, orientations, and physical appearances. And we'll say the pledge every day for 50 million kids. We'll do that for all of them. Look, I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying that the task in front of us is impossible, so be prepared for lots and lots of failure. I'm not saying that. Nor am I saying that schools are increasingly charged with more and more while being given less and less, so we're bound to be broken. As I've said, I resist the notion that we're broken. Many critics of public school point to PISA, PISA scores, the Program of International Student Achievement, as evidence that U.S. schools are, in fact, broken. For example, according to the assessment, the U.S. ranks about middle of the pack in what's called the developed world. I agree with you. That's not good enough. It's not even close. We're way behind countries like Finland, Canada, Singapore, China, New Zealand. PISA re uh, releases score reports like this, reports that sort of lump data together and which in the biz is called aggregate data. And Americans are quick to leap on the American public school is garbage bandwagon. Have you ever seen a bandwagon, by the way? A bandwagon? It's, well, a wagon, a large open vehicle meant to carry musicians in a parade. So jumping aboard meant playing whatever tune they were playing, i.e. becoming part of the group that was playing a particular song. Anyway, PISA scores are initially released in this easy-to-read and somewhat misleading format. Let me put it this way. The average temperature on Earth is about 59 degrees Fahrenheit, about 15 degrees Celsius. If you accepted that number and didn't look any deeper into it, you'd be looking around for a warm coat to wear every day. I don't know where you live, dear listener, but I'm in a desert part of Southern California. Let me just check the Weather Channel's website to see what the temperature will go up to in the next two weeks. Huh. Tomorrow it'll be 93. Tuesday, it'll reach 98. Wednesday, we'll clock in at a balmy 102. Then we'll get some release on Thursday, which will be merely 99. Then 
95, 98, 98, 96, 97, 98, 98, 96, 94, and finally 94 on September 1st. Granted, those are all highs. The lowest low will be 65 degrees. So if I went by the Earth's average temperature and dressed accordingly, I'd probably simply burst into flames at 2 o'clock here where I live. My point is, the average of the data isn't worth anything to me. I have to dig deeper, just like I have to do with the PISA data. One thing the PISA results show internationally, and something I think we all understand at a sort of instinctive level, is that students coming from the lower socioeconomic strata perform at a lower level relative to their wealthier counterparts. Put more simply, poor kids do worse than not poor kids. This is not just true in the U.S., but in every country in the world. What's also true, as shown by PISA data, but also by every economic indicator available to us, is that the wealth inequality in America is greater than any other country to which we can be compared. For example, it'd be a mistake to compare the wealth gap in the U.S. to the same gap in, say, United Arab Emirates. That means that the difference between poor and not poor kids is greater in the U.S. Poor kids are poorer here. To put this another way, the countries to which we are always being compared, and unfavorably so to show how bad our education system is, rank significantly better on income equality. This is not just one survey. Every way we look at it, the U.S. is far behind the same countries who do better than us in the PISA. If you're interested, we rank just below Haiti and just above Uganda as far as wealth inequality is concerned. Here are some other countries where income inequality is less than, in other words, closer than us. El Salvador, the Philippines, Iran, the Russian Federation, and they're actually quite a bit better, Vietnam, and also Finland. We are, by the way, 88 ranks worse out of 149 countries than Finland. Canada, New Zealand, Where's China on that rank? Well, actually, worse than the U.S. in wealth inequality. So how come they do better than us in the PISA? If they have worse income inequality, but do better on the PISA, that would seem to indicate that income inequality can't be a major driver. I know what you're thinking, because we all tend to think this. Chinese kids are pushed harder. More is asked out of them. They're more diligent. While American kids are playing Fortnite and getting stoned from their cherry-flavored vape drugs and finding new ways to pierce themselves, Chinese kids are studying and taking over the world. Well, hold on a minute. China only sends in PISA scores from their best kids. They don't report scores from their lower-performing provinces. Some of those rural provinces, which make up a substantial amount of their population, are horribly understaffed and badly run. So yeah, it's easy to get high scores if you only submit your highest ones. And those rural provinces, that's where the poor kids are. So sure, it's easy to show that income inequality doesn't affect how good your kids are in school if you don't report on the poor kids. So much for China. Let me pause for a moment. I don't want you to get the wrong impression here. You may be thinking I'm saying the U.S. system doesn't have problems. Of course it does. It's an imperfect system. And those of us deep within it are looking for ways to improve it. But the numbers people use to show how badly our kids are doing relative to other countries actually show that we're doing well. Even our poor kids 
who remember are on average poorer than poor kids elsewhere, do better than poor kids in other countries when one compares poor to poor, if that makes sense. I know it's hard to understand what I'm saying. You'd have to go deep into the numbers as I have to really see what I mean. But trust me when I tell you that the numbers don't show what people say they do. We have problems in American education. But I maintain that one of the biggest problems is perception. As I said, we're so used to saying American education is broken that our impulse is to follow that up with either inaction or a call to abandon all of it. Let people go to private schools instead. Use public money to subsidize the slightly wealthy so they can go to the much better private schools, which are not better, by the way, once one adjusts for wealth. If I have a car that I think is completely broken, I won't spend money to make repairs. I'll either abandon it altogether, or I'll try and sell it and start over. But if only I got into the car and saw that I could change the oil filter, patch a tire, and get that one strut replaced, and then I'd have a great vehicle. American education isn't failing us. We're failing American education.